0: Welcome to our podcast, Med Family. I'm the host, Eric Acker. I'm of course hosting today with Karen. Hey guys. So last we left off, I was finishing the second week of hospitalist rotation and starting the third week. So we have of course finished the third week of hospitalist rotation and starting my third IM three week rotation, which is with Doctor Lomboy, who's an inpatient outpatient internal medicine doctor, and also the Sorry, the chair of the Internal Medicine Corps for Trinity. So we'll get more into that in a little bit here, but it's a, definitely a more nerve-wracking experience or endeavor, I guess, because hospitalist was pretty laid back, all things considered. You know, the, the, the three weeks I had with Dr. Morales in pulmonology, my sub subspecialty for internal medicine, I had a lot of work. It was like almost like a, at 8 to 6 p.m.,
1: yeah that's about right.
0: And so this is kind of going back to that schedule a little bit but I think there's going to be a little bit more required of me. <laughs> <laughs> but the this was kind of a, a nice little break of half days and lots of study time and being done at 9 30 to 10 o'clock. So it was a <laughs> it's, been, it's been quite a Quite a week. So I guess I, I will go into I guess, what my the last week entailed because I, uh, I think we teased that I was going to be doing some on-call work with the hospitalist And that did happen.
1: Yeah, I think it was only just the one day, though.
0: Yeah, just one day on a Thursday last week. We, we did a normal rounding in the morning, seeing the patients. And then he let me go about, I don't know, 10 o'clock and it just said, come back by 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I naturally being a typical student, I I went across the street, studied for probably about an hour or so until the lunch was being served in the physicians' lounge, and went and got myself some lunch. And so I just had a thought. I just had a thought that I should also talk about something else as well. Anyway, uh, I, the idea dawned on me during during my lunch that maybe I could go see a particular procedure on one of our patients. One of our patients was. Supposed to get a cardiac catheter procedure done. Sorry, not a catheter. A cardiac ablation procedure done, and so I was hoping to try to get that, uh, get to watch that a little bit. But unfortunately, by the time I got to chat with the nurse, uh, they let they let me know that the patient was scheduled, you know, at three o'clock to go ahead and have that done. So I did not. Get that opportunity. Anyway, I, I'm just talking here and no, but you might, might get that opportunity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you might get that opportunity in as about five me, weeks time.
0: That's what well you should have let me have my drink.
1: No. He's trying to drink an energy drink at nine o'clock at night when he knows he has to get up at five, five thirty. That's not the smartest decision. You're not my mom. No. I am more scary. I'm your <laughs> wife. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: one of the things we were working, we worked on kind of a, a few different things because it because it is such a light rotation, it's one of those perfect opportunities to work on things that you need to work on. So besides studying, besides doing questions and cube, you know, you old Cubanks and Inky cards and videos and whatnot, I was working on getting a one week shadow rotation with a cardiologist uh it took a little bit of work because uh she was a little hard to get a hold of obviously being a cardiologist interventional cardiologist she's a little bit busy uh and so we finally i think we nailed it down we have a i think i have a week pit nailed down for when i'm going to shadow her and it's the second week of my online internal med online portion so that's three weeks away i guess uh, three four, four weeks away yeah
1: well yeah
0: yeah so it it, it ended up working out pretty good getting the opportunity to shadow her and get some cardiology experience. I'm getting a lot right now and again I'll I'll circle back to this rotation. I'm only one day into this rotation. I felt like I got a lot of cardiology and there's some mistakes that were made, but again we'll circle back to that later on in the program. But last week anyway, so finally nailed down the cardiology shadowing possibility and then I was working the other project we were working on is the electives and I think we had set a goal and now that I look back on it maybe that was a little bit lofty uh, <laughs> we were hoping to have at least applied to a few of these elective positions by now and that has not happened uh, there, was a, there was a little bit more paperwork involved uh, a little bit more coordination and uh, things that I need to do as well like I need to write a, a personal statement for some of them and I think uh, letter of intent for others, so I'm trying to get through some of that, which is going to be good for the Eva's application, so some of this is work that I need to do anyway, just it's being pushed earlier, I guess. Uh, And then there was some miscommunication, I, I was maybe misunderstanding some of the documentation, so I'm not sure if last week I mentioned a process that I was following, but I was told that I would... I, I should not follow that process, so if you were taking my advice, just go ahead and throw that away. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to follow some instructions that I was reading, and I don't know, maybe I misunderstood it, maybe, uh, I don't know what it is, but in either case, I was told to, basically, the formula is to go ahead and apply to these electives, you know, and in in, the, in these particular cases, I need to have all the documentation ready when I apply, go ahead and apply, if you get accepted for a particular position, the school will make a contract with them and then you can submit the course documents essentially to the, um, the advisor for the clinical rotations or the elective, sorry, the elective rotations advisor, which I think for us it's Dr. Zubro. He approves it, making sure that your preceptor and the core objectives and schedule actually is befitting of a fourth year medical student so i i think it sounds pretty daunting on the surface but i don't think it's going to be all that difficult in famous last words but
1: (laughs) (laughs) we will see as it goes but i mean you got a good i went to game night on sunday and you got a good portion of your personal statement written yeah. I mean it it's, it's a, a draft it's rough and but maybe, maybe other have...
0: people don't have this problem but I, I definitely have this problem because personal statements are roughly around 700 words and you have to talk about what motivates you in medicine I don't know my, my trouble is that you I feel like I have to try to make, tell a good story in my personal statement you know what makes me interesting to these medical program uh, these residency programs like what makes me different? What makes me an interesting candidate? Because generally speaking, medical students we have a lot in common. Uh, we all work hard. We all we all have struggles, and uh, some people more than others. But we all have to kind of face some kind of adversity to get to this point. And we all that we all have to show some level of perseverance because obviously getting past step one was not. Easy, or else everyone would do it. So it's hard to find 700 words and then talk about yourself. And then that, that sounds kind of rich coming from the guy who is doing a weekly podcast where I talk about myself. But <laughs> <laughs> not every, 40, every minute of the 45 minutes is particularly interesting. So,
1: Well, I mean, realistically speaking, we started this, one, because we didn't have... When we were starting out medical school, there wasn't a lot about families in medical school. And a lot of the advice we were getting was to not do it. or I know when we, we had the interview at the U.S. Medical School and I got toured around while Eric was interviewing, it was very much, you are never going to see your husband. We don't want you or your kids on the campus. Like, that was the kind of feeling that you got. Like, you're unimportant in this process, which I understand that, like, there's a lot of hard work to do and that this is ultimately going to help support the family, but I'm not unimportant in the process, and neither are the kids. Like the whole reason that we're going through this medical school journey is to help support the family. The family is at the center of this this journey and the yeah.
0: and part of the reason for it. I mean, yeah, I would say it's very integral to my medical journey is having Karen and the kids is otherwise I, I don't know looking back like, you know, who who helped me stay focused in undergrad, who helped me, you know, stay set up a plan and study for the mcat you know like karen has been there the entire time helping me along. i've always wanted to do some of this stuff and maybe that just says a little bit about me not being the best self-starter but i think it being married and having kids has helped mature me myself uh speaking for myself i think being married has been a a very big net benefit (laughs) even when he doesn't
1: get his energy drinks.
0: Yeah, even when I don't get what I want, <laughs> I'm a grown adult. I should be able to. Drink, I should be able to have whatever poison I want to have in the middle of the night.
1: But all that to say, like we, there were several reasons why we started this podcast. That being one of them. The other is it's just kind of a diary of our time. So that when we look back, we have you kind of look back on things with rose-colored glasses and it's like, oh, that wasn't that bad or whatnot. And like, there are definitely some harder times and some easier times. Not gonna lie, but. That too. And then just. Well, and, you know, I this think... is a tool to learn to kind of talk on the fly because when you are doing interviews and whatnot, it is helpful to kind of already have that ability to talk, maybe talk, fill it with a little fluff until you know what your answer is going to be kind of thing.
0: Well, hopefully not jab around too much. But... No,
1: but it, it, I feel like your words have gotten better over time in this podcast like you know, yeah. there's been less editing that's needed to be done there's well
0: there's, there's always editing and anytime you hear it, um or and in a long pause <laughs> which if you're a listener you don't hear those because i do such a good job editing <laughs> <laughs> except for maybe about I don't know, 15 minutes into the editing process i might start drifting off but either way the podcast does have multi-faceted uses and utilities for myself as well as i hope the listener because generally it's uh giving you a perspective into these this third year medical school this fourth year medical school where i feel like there's some large bullet points that will come up obviously if you research what's third year medical school you get some bullet points like you do your core rotations and then you do in a way and you may not sometimes bullet points kind of summarize and make it seem so simple that you just do it and therefore it's done and not kind of show you what 12 long weeks of <laughs> internal medicine feels like, which is what you're you're having to deal with <laughs> these last, I don't know, uh, seven weeks now. You're having to listen to me jabber on about internal medicine. And then after this, you're going to have to listen to me talk about surgery. And so there's a kind of a journey like what does that actually feel like? What does that look like? And then of course you're constantly trying to prepare for the future. You're constantly trying to prepare for your next your next big thing. Like you know, for the first two years of medical school, the, it was all for you know and all for step, and one. step one. It was all like we got in the past step one. This is you know everything's building to step one, and now it's step two's coming. But I'm not even really sure step two is the most daunting thing. Like obviously I, we have to get through it. It's he really, says that
1: now, but he's gonna freak out in about. I- I'm not saying Uh, it's not going to
0: be stressful. It's totally going to be stressful. (laughs) But like residency right now feels a lot more stressful. And that seems like the biggest hurdle is getting into a residency program. And you're just, at least if you're me, you're just constantly thinking about which programs you might want to apply to. Are you making a good choice? Are you... You're making a decision for the rest of your life, so is this going to be what you want to do? Is there any flexibility in the decision? You said, I don't know. You, right now, I've been th- really leaning heavily on internal medicine, and it, actually, there's a lot of great things about internal medicine, <laughs> and so, like, the hospitalist is one of those really great things where it's like, you do work, you do work relatively hard, I don't know, not maybe not as hard as other specialties, no, 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 nobody get offended by that, but... <laughs> mean they work seven days on seven days off it's, it's a pretty good lifestyle it's shift work essentially and so that's not too bad if you know as a fallback idea that's not the worst fallback plan you can have i don't know i feel like i'm getting a little off the rails here but to a large extent this is just trying to demystify and, and kind of give people a glimpse into what third year is and what to look forward to because again it's easy to look at bullet points Maybe a little bit harder to try to figure out how to live out, how, how that's going to live, uh, play out in front of you. And maybe some of this is also a, a warning signal like, be aware. I, I'm going to let, I'm, I'm aware of these things coming down the road, and suddenly they're going to be upon me, and I'm going to feel dumb for not being prepared. So maybe this is a warning signal that you should get more prepared. <laughs> you should be better than me. Uh, you should do some things better and more efficient and and w- what not anyway so take this podcast for what it is you know what it is to you anyway uh, we are a little bit off the rails on that
1: i'm sorry i made this off the rails you're
0: fine i mean it's kind of going a little bit back so i, I stress about you know, which choice you'd make for residency because even the preceptor I had for the hospital rotation Dr. Cola he was on my last day he was talking to me about a little bit about his journey when he was in medical school he was 100% he was going to be a neurology a vascular neurologist and that's what he wanted to do so he found i think it's like neurology programs that have a fellowship in vascular neurology associated with him, and that's what he was looking at. And so he applied to only four residencies in his fourth year. He got, I think, two interviews and matched at one,
1: which is just insane.
0: Which is which is you know like it's a little insane. He, he he probably was a great student. He probably had great numbers. I don't know. I didn't ask him. He doesn't even rem- remember anyway. But what he was telling me is like you know a lot of people in your fourth year you, you do you pile on. Everything that like, if you want to do internal medicine, you're just gonna pile on the internal medicine because you want to get as much experience, exposure, and whatnot to all of that, so that when you start your first year residency, you are ready to go. And he's like, that's what I did with neurology. I took as many neurology you know electives as I could, and by April is what he said. And I'm sorry, I don't. Want, it's his story, but but he said he said by April he'd already matched. But he had done so many weeks of neurology that he was like, "I hate neurology. I cannot stand to do neurology any longer. I can't even imagine doing residency." And so he reached out to his residency program and said, "Look, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do this. Like, I can't do this residency because I just hate neurology at this point." And they filled out some paperwork and figured out how to basically change him over. To a completely different program into internal medicine at a completely different hospital until so September rolled around and he was in the internal medicine program at a diff- completely different hospital. I-, I look at it like I'm making a decision, and it's like there's people who have gone before me who have been very certain of what they want to do and then change their minds too. So I don't know, there's a little bit of stress. <laughs> a little bit <laughs> of stress. Let me just hit some of the other highlights from the week. So some of the things I, I guess I saw that I guess was uh, interesting to see on the on the floor when you're doing the rounds of the patients and with, with your preceptor like there were some patients who you know the patient come in maybe they they had fallen you know and brought in by the neighbor and so they were admitted for some reason or another and of course we're like yeah as long as your electrolytes look good and you're doing fine we'll send you home no big deal and then like the next day you check on him and he's like, oh man, this patient's still here? Like I thought we were discharging them. I don't know what gives. And I did my pre-rounding. I didn't see anything that was alarming. And of course, we go into this room and the patient's like in arm restraints and she's been given like, I don't know, some kind of benzo or something to calm her down. I was like, well, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, what happened? So that was kind of an interesting thing. Another uh, thing I, I wanted to kind of hit on is some of the wins, I guess, a lot of my week of critical care, I felt like I was getting kind of losses on losses on, you know, patients dying. And that is a little defeating. Uh, feels very defeating. And we've gone over that in that podcast as well. But some of the wins I wanted to kind of highlight a little bit because there was a patient during week two that me and the other medical student I had, because we were on diff- with different precepts during week two, we were pretty sure that patient was not gonna make it more than a week because it was one problem after another. It was AFib, and it was kidney failure, it was liver failure, it was bleeding from everything, and it was just like, man, there's there's no way this guy he got hit with the most unlucky unlucky constellation of symptoms. Like, how how is it possible? Would you know we? Well, of course, do everything we can, and you know, the preceptor. The hospitalists and of course all the specialists on on this, this patient services are going to do what they, they can. Everyone, no one's giving up on this guy, but like note after note, you read it and you, you read the plan, your cardiologist, nephrologist, GI doctor, whatever, they'll all write their plan. And then the final line, note after note was prognosis is poor. And last week, like every day I rounded on that guy, he got, he was better. Every day, he was better than he was the day before. So, like, what we were doing was working. And he was in the ICU. Like, he was like he was a sick guy. And I, I don't know. I was just really happy. That was kind of one of those... I don't, I don't know where he's at today. I don't know what, what, what might have happened over the weekend. Or if he's still there. He's discharged or whatever. Maybe he did pass away. I don't know. But when I left on Friday, he was still there and getting better. And that was something... I think mean, it was kind of nice to see. It was it was kind of against all odds this guy this guy is doing better. I mean we even saw a patient a patient come in with a stroke and they had had like a stroke for and hadn't gotten treatment for like 12 hours. And when I first saw him it was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy like he's totally sedated. He's like he's just just not there like he's just you know like someone's laying in the bed and their arms are just moving. Like, they're grasping at something, but their eyes are closed, and they, they're just not conscious. Like, this, that's what this guy was. And, I mean, if you would have asked me, like, man, how's this guy going to do? And, of course, that's what the family was asking the preceptor. Like, right, it's a hospital. Well, so what's going to happen? What's the prognosis here? And it's like, I don't know. It can go any any direction at this point. You know, this guy, maybe he could. he stays in the bed for the rest of his life. Or maybe he gets up and walks away. And, like, sure enough, I think early last week. He's up walking around, he's using the bathroom. Like, and then he, we, yeah, I think he did go to like some skilled facility to work under some rehab, but like realistically, it was an amazing turnaround for somebody who had a massive stroke. So, you get some wins. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> I hope I, I didn't scare anyone off with, you like, know, oh man, it's just death after death. All the patients are dying. Um, but you do get some wins, and it does. It that does feel pretty good, uh, and maybe that's just the hospitalist magic, you know. Critical care—you're dealing with patients who are close to dying, and the hospitalist are maybe not as close to death. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Karen, for humoring me. I appreciate it. Anyway, uh, I'll I'll guess I'll get to this week because I, I don't have really. Oh, um, uh, there's another. I guess a good bullet point. A win. This is more of a personal category. I. I think I've been telling Karen for weeks and weeks on end that don't give the kids a haircut. I'll give them a haircut. Because as much as Karen, she she does do good haircuts. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to <clears throat> pad this as much as I can.
1: He doesn't like it because our boys move way too much and I give up fighting with them. And I just buzz it.
0: Yeah, and instead, instead of like a careful, like crafted, I'm going to do a fade. A little bit, definitely short on the sides, long on top. And it's gonna look pretty nice. Karen's like, No one's here, no one here is helping me, and this kid's squirming. Put it to squirming.
1: One... This kid is screaming and fighting with all of his might. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Put it to like one setting and just go. <laughs> and so our kid's in it with like kind of a weird buzz cut, and it looks okay, but I mean, obviously, like you want your kids to look good, but again. Without any adequate help, I understand. (laughs) I understand the limitations and that the hair was getting a little bit unruly and, and long. It's also another kind of a fun thing to cut your kid's hair and like watch your kid transform before your eyes from like almost a baby to like, I don't know, toddler. Like, you go from, like, this kid, our youngest, who's got, like, this big old fluffy head of hair, and it's like, oh, it's baby. It's the baby. And then, like, you cut his hair, and he's like, he's a toddler now. He's, like, he's about ready to wear black t-shirts and put on eyeliner and... No. Tell, you know, <laughs> become a teenager. He's about ready to... <laughs> he's not even three. Don't do that to me. <laughs> That's what a haircut does for Yeah. Um... So that was a it was a win. I was I was trying to get done, and I finally got it done with Karen's help, of course. I mean, someone had to hold the kid down while we. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not abuse. <laughs> they don't have any marks on them, and we bribed them with TV and gummy worms. So all the things, all the weapons in our arsenal. Oh my gosh! And it, it, they look okay. We only missed a couple of spots.
1: Yeah, when they can when they can sit through a hair a point a hair cut without ruining our eardrums, then maybe maybe I'll just take them to like a kid's haircut place when <laughs> Eric's too busy.
0: <laughs> but
1: at this point in time, do I don't gonna think be, that's going to be out of
0: curiosity. Well, not not the haircut specifically. So like over the weekend when you like I mow the lawn, uh-huh. I mow the lawn for the first time in like I don't know three four months. Well, it's been winter, and you know in Georgia, your lawn doesn't grow in the winter. But when I'm mowing the lawn, I was thinking to myself, like, how long do we do this, and like, do we ever get to the point where we just hire that out?
1: Well, yeah, if you're too busy, I'll call Gary,
0: (laughs) and he's got his little business. No, but I mean, like, you know, know, I'm not meaning like while I'm in medical school, but like, at what point, or do we? You know, is it like is is no. it always going to be? No, the,
1: the boys are going to be old enough; they need to learn personal responsibility okay. and how to do chores well, and take that's, care that's of things. That's kind of my
0: point. That's kind of my point there. Like, do we? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for like giving my chores to the kids and <laughs> their chores. And, I mean, I get that; I'm fine with that. That's what we have kids for, right? Kidding, sure, obviously. sure. Because <laughs> they're no work at all. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like you know, there's people out there who. You know, they're busy and they, they don't have time to do certain things. And so they hire maids to clean the house once a week or something like that. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm dying for that. I'm just kind of getting your opinion of like, is there an underlying principle where you're just like, I want, I, we can do it. We can save the money. We can put that money to use somewhere else. Or is there is there going to be another underlying principle of I would much rather spend quality time doing quality things with my loved ones. I think that depends
1: on how financially solvent we become and how quickly we do. I do think that it is a good thing for our kids to know how to make a meal, clean a dish, clean a house, mow the yard, change a tire, basic car maintenance, all of that. And whether or not we... I I think it all depends on when we become financially solvent again. But,
0: but like, are we going to get to... Do you... do you think that... I guess I'm asking, like, goals. Like, is it an actual goal to get to the point where it's like, I don't have to put up my own Christmas lights. I can pay someone to do it. Or, and again, I'm not trying to say, like, this is my a desire I have. <laughs> I'm just kind of feeling out where, you, where your goals are. I don't know are. if
1: that's a, a a goal of mine. I I think I might... I don't know. It, I think the, part... the goal is to have happy, healthy
0: kids and a it? place to raise them that we like because the strong drive in my mind was like I can do it so why should I pay for it and so there's a, like I car, think it, it's kind of like car work I think like, it becomes generally speaking, I don't like doing I don't <laughs> like having other people do my car work because like I can do it
1: and I think thinking. it becomes a time like is it at at this point in my life is it worth the time that I take away like a car issue at this point in time it makes more sense to take a day and to fix the car that it does to spend three times as much as it, it does to fix it ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, <laughs> a
0: mechanic with all the, the tools and the ja- and the lifts and whatnot, they can they can get a car project done, and they, they can devote 100% of the time. Like, if you needed an engine rebuild, they can do that over the course of a few days where... If I had to rebuild an engine in my car I can only devote a couple hours every night and so that could be weeks before a car is done. So uh, a, you're right there's there's obviously a time displacement and then of course like you know how much of that time I spend rebuilding the engine over the course of two, two weeks, three weeks whatever it is versus you know how much how valuable that time I could be spending with my family is. Yeah, I like, think is it's, it worth nine hundred dollars just to throw at somebody and say fix it, you know, to so I can spend the next three weeks with my family and not have to be you know, elbow deep in grease. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it comes down to time. I think it comes down to whether it's something you enjoy because I think you do slightly enjoy oh, trying to fix a problem like that. But that and then like, I there's things other than time that it costs you. So I guess I guess that's okay. that's something no, I don't sorry,
0: know. I, it was something I was thinking about when I was mowing the lawn. I mean, and pushing this lawn mower in the middle of an eighty-one degree day and <laughs> sweating and it's like it's only
1: gonna get hot. Like, like <laughs> what? At
0: what point do I like everyone else in the neighborhood? Like, I don't think I've seen a single neighbor mowing their own lawn. Like, everyone no, has the, a lawn service.
1: Oh well, she, they moved. But the when we first moved and then the pregnant lady like. Three doors Uh-oh. down, the she was doing lady it. The lawn. That <laughs> made me feel better.
0: I'm whining here, grown a grown man who can't have an energy drink before bed, and I'm whining about doing lawn. But the pregnant lady who's nine months pregnant can push push a lawnmower. Thanks, but thanks, Karen. <laughs> I appreciate. I only saw her do it once. <laughs> but I mean, every everyone in the neighborhood has like lawn, lawn care. Lawn care. It does, it's not terribly expensive.
1: No, well, and just for reference, we live very close to a golf course, and I feel like most of our neighborhood is older. There are some family families in mm-hmm. our neighborhood, but most of them are older, so it makes sense that most of our neighborhood would
0: have. You trying to?
1: No, I was saying that as an older person, you may not have the ability to do it yourself, so That's of fair. course you would pay for it, or
0: you get a robot. No. See, see, what I did there. I brought this all the way to my husband wants to automate technology? everything, and can, the
1: answer is no.
0: Can I have more technology? Can you give me a little more of the budget? What are we arguing about here? I have no idea. So, you
1: can't have a, an, a a robot lawnmower. Come
0: on. I am an adult. Drive a Toyota Corolla. I, you do not. Sorry, that's a, that's a reference to a skit. But anywho, uh, <laughs> it was my attempt to get more toys that apparently I don't need. It.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this brings us back to the conversation that you had with your, your preceptor about people working so hard and... In reality, their spouse is the one that spends the majority of the money. Now, statistically speaking, women spend about 80% of the income because oh, of all the, all household. the household, everything.
0: The 80% of the household expenditures. Yeah. This spending decisions. Which, I mean, that's like groceries. That's groceries, clothes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, it makes sense. It does. You, you mean, right now, uh, you're raising the kids and you know what the kids need and you know what school stuff they need what supplies and you know what the house might need to help you know the kids projects and whatnot so yeah it makes a whole lot that, that was a uh, some advice that my last uh, dr cola my my hospitals for weeks one and three was trying to bestow on me it, some of the other advice was don't get divorced which yeah uh <laughs> and The other advice was like, oh, well, you know, your wife is going to make most of the expense. You're going to spend probably most of your time working and working because you enjoy it. And you're not going to be the one spending the money. And that's not necessarily advice. It's just kind of a factor of life to some extent. And that's that's fine with me. That's, I mean, you're raising my kids and doing probably a harder job than I am, to be completely honest. So... Mm.
1: Well, we'll see how they turn out in a few years, and <laughs> you can tell me whether or not I did a good job or so not. See, this is the time when you
0: ask for a, an automated robot lawnmower. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't care what the lawnmower. whatever equivalent <laughs> that is to you, I guess.
1: Now, if they had something that just did laundry for you and folded it and put it away for you, that'd be great. Yeah, I do
0: wonder why they haven't made that yet. <laughs> I feel like that, I mean, they've already got the sweeper, and yeah, like you get the Roomba. And you, we have a mop bot right now. So you already have the mopping and sweeping done. Now you can get something to do the dishes. And, I mean, the dishwasher is kind of half the battle there. But, like, you know, obviously you put stuff in the sink. And it doesn't end up in a dishwasher. So so that, there's that. And then, it's, of course, the laundry. But I feel like laundry chutes really could solve that problem. Why did houses go away with laundry chutes? And we're getting way off. Topic. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a two-story house mm-hmm. and we don't have a laundry chute.
1: Nope. They are great for when you're kids, though. Climbing up and down them, it's awesome for hide-and-seek. You would let our kids do that. I did it. I turned out fine. <laughs> 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 the,
0: the person who freaked out because our son came out of his room, came into our bedroom, and then booked it back to his room all in, like, the matter of two minutes last night at midnight... Spring up like a spring. <laughs> what was that? Like ran out of the room.
1: I didn't see him at the door. Don't I didn't me.
0: see him either. I knew it was him though. <laughs> Nobody else has like little pit of had a feet like that. So I think it, I think if someone was gonna murder us in our beds, I didn't think that somebody was gonna
1: murder us. I was just making sure they got it back to their bedroom, And not outside. Okay.
0: Re- reasonable, I suppose. <laughs> promise to get back on topic here Um,
1: i tried i tried to bring it around with with the spending spending it's up to you now (laughs)
0: um so this week with dr lomboy so in like i said inpatient outpatient internal medicine doctor he's been in the community for quite a long time he's also the program uh core chair for internal medicine so I, I did request this this uh this uh rotation because he is the chair and if I'm wanting to do internal medicine it's good to get the chair to,
1: to write do, you a letter to
0: write you a letter and uh, to work with the chair and he is um, I don't think all the stories people were told undersold him like he is almost exactly like the stories like everyone he's a little piece of everything like there's some stories of him being kind of abrupt. Kind of uh, unexpectedly gruff or something like that, and he is definitely that. And he is the stories of him being kind of a jokester, and he is definitely that. Uh, He's got a little bit of that dry humor, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like I think the guy, the medical student I was with, asked where the bathroom was, and he was like, "There's a bunch of trees out back." That's all. That's exactly how he said it. There's a bunch of trees out back, and it's like, what? (laughs) <laughs> and you know that's a joke And he's like And there's a bathroom You know down the hall And whatnot. <laughs> it's like oh okay Which then means like I have to try to figure out Where the Where the boundaries Of humor lie Like is it just him That can make the jokes Or Am I allowed to make Some of the jokes I think Give it three days I don't know I, I, I tried decide. my hand And it, it kind of fell flat So <laughs> Like he was asking He had me listen To a patient's heart And he's Like Did you hear anything And I said No Nothing except for a heart and (laughs) you didn't say anything well because like you you say that in front of the patient and like does the patient like start getting worried like you don't hear a heart sound like (laughs) do i have a heart still what's going on and so you want to i don't know you want i want to lighten the mood a little bit like you you didn't didn't do
1: the thing so that the patient could hear what you were listening no, to? No, no,
0: I, I, I'm trying to not do too much of the tech in front of this particular preceptor because I, I know I did not get the impression that he wants all the tech. Uh. Uh, yet I, I, don't know, ease into that sort of thing. I don't usually put the sound on, because it has horrible feedback.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> so I don't usually put the sound on. I just let him look at it. Uh, we'll talk about the echo stethoscope thing. But so I tried my hand a little bit at humor. So this is day one, and I know I've made at least two big mistakes this week to start this week off. One 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 mistake is telling him that this is, like, we've done every rotation except for surgery. Like, the expectation couldn't be higher <laughs> at this point. Like, we're basically fourth years. So the expectation that we actually know what we're talking about, because the other guy I'm worth, with is also... In the same boat he's done every rotation except for surgery so our expectations are very high and then I told because he asked us what we were thinking about doing and I didn't want to get too convoluted into this whole oh I have a Hail Mary shot at orthopedics and I've been thinking about cardiology I just said looking at cardiology I got hit with so many ECG questions today and I felt so dumb He's like, you're going to go into cardiology. What's this? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call leads one, two, and three? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Like, dumb things that are like, you just take it for granted. Like, V1, V2, V3. You're like, oh, I know what those are. I know about where they're placed on the body. What well, do you know exactly where they're placed? Um, nope. 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 I don't know. So. And then, of course I, I tried to guess my way through it, like, oh it's either intercostal space three or four. And he just kinda looks at you like, No, 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 we're not we're not doing this or this. It's this. Give me the answer.
1: You were told not to guess. You were told to say I don't. You were told to say I but don't
0: know. I also know some some of the stories that if you don't guess, he th- he thinks that you're relatively incompetent. That's so what you I say.
1: I don't know. I think it is this or this. And then I think get, he understands that when I'm him. hemming and hollering. He, <laughs> I,
0: I I'm not confident in my answer. I think he gets that from the context <laughs> of the of the response.
1: Anyways, all that to say. This should be a fun rotation, oh, yeah. one that you've actually looked forward to, and, and that as, lots of students have said they have learned a lot from. And as
0: much as I am complaining, like that it's I'm, I'm being, that I'm being basically hit with question after question. This is like this is actually pretty great because I'm now going to get things down. I'm I'm going to understand things a lot better. I'm going to be able to explain it verbally and not just have the concept in my head that i just kind of loosely apply to questions that i do so th- there's going to be a lot of growing and with a lot of growing comes a lot of growing pains so i'm hoping not to screw up too badly on this rotation
1: yeah well but- and the good thing is is i mean you took your first practice test on saturday oh yeah and I'm passed about that. <laughs> and passed so you know you're not totally incompetent i mean you always want to pass the first practice test that you take you still have six more weeks in this internal med rotation cuz it's a 12 12-
0: Twelve weeks. Twelve and, weeks. Yeah, we just got past halfway. Yep.
1: So being halfway through and being able to pass the exam um, is great, and it can only go up from here. Yeah, it can only go up from here, and hopefully, right? Um, <laughs> hopefully that means that um, he can get honors, which is the goal, right?
0: Yeah, the goal is to get honors. This because especially since it's when I want to try to do residency, and it would make a big difference to. To get to that honors point. The only sad thing, I was look at the scale for, like, what's a pass and what's, like, a high pass and honors. Like, there's a huge, like, I don't know, 15 point gap for pass. And then there's, like, three, four percentage points for a high pass. And then you're into the honors level. So, it's, like, I mean, I guess on the bright side, like, if I do pretty good, there's a good chance I can just jump straight over. I can vault over the high pass and get straight into honors. So... I mean there's there's room for that I yeah. guess <laughs> it's it's gonna be a good rotation I think all in all um, I have a, a another good student with me sometimes you worry because this project, this this rotation is going to have a lot of presentations I'm gonna do we're doing diabetes on Wednesday we have um, ECGs on Friday and we had to pick three other topics for the next week so we are going to have lots and lots of presentations throughout this and I have another student with me who does not seem like he's a slouch he seemed like he's a pretty smart capable guy so I'm I'm really looking forward to working with him I'm not going to be dragging him along and I didn't think he's going to be dragging me along so uh, I don't I don't want to be the guy who lets him down so I'm gonna try my best here but I am going to take a quick pause and just give one little pro tip for anyone out there who's Starting the rotation, always dress more and not less on your first day. and then you can kind of feel out where to go. So if you're going to do business casual, really go for the business casual or even throw a tie on or something like that. Anyway, I, I've heard a story recently well, just <laughs> where just. the pre was like, and that's not going to be professional.
1: <laughs> just remember that, like, the preceptors that you are with generally have been doctors for quite a, to- a time and dress as to what would be business appropriate in their generation, not ours.
0: Right. So that's just, sorry, I'm throwing one more pro tip in there just because it kind of popped in my head of a, a recent. Uh,
1: I think that comes up all story. the time, though. Like, when Matthew came and talked about his interviews, like, Oh. Dress from head to toe because some interviews on the Zoom call would ask you to stand up, and they want to make sure that you were wearing pants and shoes and socks, <laughs> like that you didn't just dress the top half of you because you knew that you were going to be on a Zoom call that you actually put forth the effort for your interview. So yeah, right. this comes up a lot. Just dress dress better than you think a, that you okay have to. It's okay to
0: dress more than what you think. It's only a few hours that you have to suffer, and then and <laughs> you can always ask your preceptor. Is this appropriate? Can I lose the tie, <laughs> or something like that? Like I did that with my few of my preceptors, where I was like, "Okay, so what is what I'm wearing fine, or can I take off the tie? Are you gonna be mad if I take off the tie? Because I don't really want to wear the tie anymore." Uh, something like that. And we're you, we're you did
1: not word it that way, but yes.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't want to wear the tie. Uh, well, no,
1: you, nobody wants to wear a tie. Anyway, we can, got off topic a lot tonight. We apologize. So sorry. But hopefully you enjoyed it, and we will come back next week with with more relevant information, I promise. (laughs) As always, please follow us on Instagram, MedFamilyMD. Um, Feel free to message if you have any questions. If I can't answer it for you, I'll get Eric to answer it. Um, And if you have anything that you would like to hear on the podcast, please let us know. We do have a couple things in the works. Um, It's just going to take a little bit of time.
0: Yes. All right. Well, you guys have a good rest of the week, and we will talk to you next week.
1: Bye.